Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show, coming to you from New Orleans, with host Tanya Brown. Our episodes span about 20 minutes long to give you just a little pop of magic. So, tune in, take a deep breath, and enjoy. We have a special segment today. We are talking with Carrie Hummingbird. Carrie is a medicine woman, mother and mentor, is the founder of Inner Medicine Training, a mystery school that shares potent ancient traditions from the Andes and Himalayas for owning your wisdom and living your purpose. Her newest book to be released, uh, actually it's already released, it just came out, uh, is Inner Medicine, Becoming One with Mother Earth for the Survival of Humanity. So hi, Carrie, how are you? Oh, I'm very, very grateful to be here this morning with you, Tanya. It's great to be here. Yes, we're happy to have you. Um, definitely, we you know when I was looking over your books, uh, I, I definitely like noticed some stuff that I feel like is very timely with like how the world is right now. I know me and like five friends are talking about escaping to the middle of the woods uh, <laughs> because we just can't handle it anymore. So. Uh, so can you tell us more about your books and kind of uh, what their purpose is to, you know, help people? Yeah, absolutely. Well, my first my first book I wrote was uh, Awakening to Me, One Woman's Journey to Self-Love. And I started writing that book when I got introduced to uh, earth shamanism, you know, earth spirituality, connecting with earth. And just along the way, uh, once that door to the mystery was opened, I started sort of deconditioning myself from all the ways I thought life was and tuning and tapping into a different center, a different source of, um, of life, a different viewpoint. It actually has felt like, um, the world before was upside down and this world is right side up. And so my latest book, Inner Medicine is really at the, the end of about 12 years, 12 years of really deep work with the medicine wheel. And if people aren't familiar with what the medicine wheel is, it's really a construct of life. It's moving out of the linear life and into the, the spiral and into the circle and into an understanding of ourselves as part of a wholeness, a part of a totality. Uh, the indigenous people have always known we're, we're connected with all of our relations. We're connected with all of life and we are a cell in mother earth. And so this latest book is really uh, a medicine wheel book. It's an introduction to the four directions for anyone who just thinks that the directions are on the map. The South is definitely a conscious being and the West is as well, brings different energies, the North and the, and the East and the Earth herself and all the allies. And so this latest book is really to help orient people to um, being back in connection with Mother Earth as a cell of Mother Earth and embodying yourself fully so that your all the your spirit is all the way down in your toes, uh, which as you were talking about is, you know, it seems like, gosh, that's the last place I think I want to be is all the way in my body, feeling all this chaos and all this turbulence and all this pain. But that is the way to um, a more peaceful life is by embodying all that. So I'll just stop there and see what questions you might have. 
Yeah, totally. And, you know, it's funny, a few years ago, I genuinely felt as if, and I think all witches or all people of nature or all people of pseudo spirituality feel this way at some point. But a few years ago, I really felt like I had found that that you know vibration where i felt like i was living in peace with the universe i felt like everything i did was for um the greater good of people and i just really felt like in tune and you know my life was so peaceful but i have to tell you the past few years I no longer feel that. And it is very discouraging. And I know a lot of our listeners Mm -hmm. write in and they express us, you know, like a very similar feeling of, you know, I just don't feel connected anymore. And I don't feel like they feel like they've lost something. So do you think this is something that's kind of common to experience? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so the medicine wheel journey and and the journey and you know that's mother earth medicine so that's what that basically is mother earth is going to lead us through um cycles and phases of healing and reconciliation and connection with ourselves and so the bigger picture which might help a lot of people is that we're in the middle of the second wave so we're in the middle of the great awakening process and as part of this great awakening there is um, a lot of reconciliation that has to be made, not only in our own lifetimes, but in our ancestral lines, you know, things that were not healed, things that were never expressed, things that were stifled. And and there's also, um, in terms of our soul curriculum, like the other lifetimes we've had on the planet, there's a lot of reconciliation because in order to be transmuted, all darkness must be witnessed. And this is the great witnessing. So this is um, on the planet right now. It's a little bit like there was a party going on on Earth, right? And everybody was sort of agreeing to play in a certain way. And everyone was like probably drinking a little too much and carrying on a little too much and, um, you know, being uh, involved in egoic patterns a little too much. And then um, there was a hangover. And we're a little bit in the hangover right now. (laughs) So collective hangover is really uncomfortable to experience um, because we each have our own little piece of that. Plus, if you're sensitive, you're aware of everybody else's too. And what happens when this kind of collective hangover comes in is that a good part of the population is like, nope, not going to feel that. And so they go directly into over busyness, overwork, um, you know, substance abuse, um, gaming, you know, just constant busyness. And the constant busyness is an avoidance of silence. And the silence is where actually you feel it to heal it. And so a lot of people don't want to feel all that. They're like, I don't want to. I don't want to feel that. I just want it to go away. But that is the path. Like we got to feel all that to move into the awakening opportunity that's in front of us right now, which is re-embodying, fully embodying ourselves, um, divinity right down into the into the very cells of your toes, you know, all the way through. Um, so it's a painful and exciting, exhilarating and terrible and wonderful time to be alive on the planet. And, um, I feel like the best way to approach it is to embrace the shadow work, you know, to say, okay, this is the next part of my journey. I get to feel all the things that I was avoiding feeling 
And as I feel those things and transmute and alchemize that energy, I get placed into a new center, which is deeper inside of my being. And therefore, I get more resilient, more strong, more grounded, more centered in my truth. And I have less doubt and less confusion. So it's, um, it is, it's very difficult, I acknowledge, but it's also a beautiful path. And that's really the path I've laid out in the, in the inner medicine book is like a medicine journey for the, anyone who's gone on plant medicine journeys. Um, plant medicine will guide you exactly to these places and it'll show you the places that energy is trapped in some disowned shadow. And then it'll help you feel it and release it. And then it'll help fill up those spaces with more light. And so on the other side of the process, and even through the process of the shadow work, is the new light that comes in. And so it's both. It's both and. We get to have both. Hope that answers the question. Yeah. And I'm definitely going to come back to the uh, to the plant aspect of it. But something else you mentioned that we actually talked about um, on the show pretty recently was uh, we talked a little bit about the constant stimulation. And um, I was talking about how, you know, I'm on TikTok too much or I listen to too many podcasts. And it's not the it's not the information that's difficult. It's the fact that my brain isn't getting time to process and have output. And because, you know, so much of art and so much of creativity is taking in information and it filtering through your own perspective. But if you never have the silence for your brain to do the work, um, I think that causes like a lot of burnout. Um, so how do you think we can work through just how much um, I mean, stimulation that we have now, like on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, that's such a good question. And well, the answer is to stop, you know, that's the simple answer <clears throat> is to turn it off. And then you have to confront the FOMO, you know, fear of missing out or fear of no longer being relevant because you're not in the conversation. Um, you have to face all those fears and, but, you know, let's just take a backward step. As a messenger, I totally relate to what you're saying. And we are collectively on information overload. So, so much so that some people are actually using electronic bots in order to write their posts because they don't have the time to write their own posts. Now, when we start to get into that territory, if we just take a moment and take a breath on that, That is absolutely ridiculous. Why would you need to put a message out just to put a message out and therefore need a bot to do that for you? We're losing connection with the heart. We're losing connection with presence in that moment that we make that choice. And then all we're doing is sort of feeding the grist mill of the constant churning instead of taking a pause, trusting life, getting in harmony with our flow with nature, trusting that we're relevant no matter if anybody ever pays attention or not, and really just taking a deep breath on that and relaxing back into the earth and saying, what is for me right now? What is true? And what is true might mean 
I need to cancel my class. I don't want to do that right now. I did that yesterday. I canceled the class. It's not relevant for me right now. What I need after book launch is I need to rest, right? I need to to get back centered inside my being. And and this is really the medicine wheel as well, is that intentional living, going from sort of agreeing with the matrix and co-illusioning ourselves with that, those, those constructs, which our human beings just cannot keep up with that. And nor should we try, nor should we try. And when we give ourselves space and trust that process, even if we didn't listen to the 5 million podcasts on a particular topic, if we just got still and listened to ourselves, we might find out that the message also exists within us. Just by sitting and being quiet, we might hear that pulse of that message running through us as well as everybody else. And it might come through us in a unique way, but it's, you know, it's coming through us and that is inner medicine. So, you know, we're switching from feeling like somebody else has all the answers and we're switching into, well, maybe they have some of my answers, but what I need to do is get still and quiet with myself and hear my own answers. And, and, you know, this is kind of like the next stage also of feminine healing because on the planet up until now, people of color and people with pussies have not been able to speak have been relegated to, you know, the dungeon or the back closet or the server the server role or, you know, please me and that's what's important role. And now it's like we we finally have our voices and we're speaking, but like everybody's speaking at once <laughs> and nobody's listening if everybody's speaking. So then it starts to become, okay, can I can I just go inside and listen and see what's relevant for me? And do I even need to speak it? Do I even need to put it out there or can I just go inside of me and know it's true? And and then we can have a little more stillness and silence. I mean, I think we're being really called forth to express, but also to move through that phase and come into some stillness and silence as you're as you're suggesting. There's actually an entire chapter in the book on stillness and silence and why I think it's really relevant and important for all the young people right now who are having mental health challenges and they don't want to be on the planet and they're suicidal and they're cutting. Why are they doing that? Because they're not, there's no stillness. There's no peace. There's no inner silence. There's no nature. And if you go out to nature, there's like the hum of traffic. You know, if you go out to nature, there's like the speedboat. Um, so there's not like actual quiet on the planet very much right now. It's funny. I, um, I am someone I absolutely love <laughs> silence. Um, I am that person who can go to like an hour long quiet meditation and just have like the time of my life. I, I like, I, I've always felt like it was a little egotistical, but like, I love being alone with my thoughts. Um, <laughs> it's just, it feels really good and it feels healing. And then you, um, things pop up that like you didn't think about, or you actually have the space and time to think about like difficulties and you come to a resolution where I feel like in our day-to-day -day world, we don't always get the opportunity. And um, I definitely, I definitely agree with you with what you're saying about the constant uh, pressure to uh, produce. And I, genuinely wish 
it was more acceptable and encouraged for all of us to take breaks. Um, and it's wild because we are seeing a little bit of a revolution in terms of like workers uh, rights and what people are willing to tolerate from their uh, jobs and corporations and bosses. But it's not really translating to like social media, this like the same boundaries or the same expectations. And I definitely know I am someone who gets very overwhelmed by that stuff. And uh, I have escaped like I live alone and I have to go to the middle of like the woods for days. <laughs> and it's this thought of what am I like, what am I running from? You know, uh, but it's this, it's the noise, it's the, it's the, you know, social media, it's, it's, it, it, it's just, it feels like so much noise all the time. And I think a lot of people, I think it is driving a lot of people to an exhaustion point. And I think a lot of people don't know what's causing it. Yeah, it's um <clears throat> the egoic mind, right? I mean, col collectively, we're in the great awakening. So we just take a step back and look at that. Well, that means that we are in the dismantling of some of the egoic controls that have been sort of in the, the driver's seat, right, for thousands of years now. And we're heading back into an exploration of body and heart, which is soul and planet. And you know, the, the indigenous people have said for a long time, many different tribes around the world, that this is the time of the eagle and the condor flying in the sky together. And there's many interpretations of that. But my interpretation would be to say that that is the mind and the heart and the body all flying together in the sky together, like equal. Right now, we've um, Western culture has been so disconnected from nature and from our bodies that we're experiencing epidemics of disease on the planet, you know, and, and in Western cultures where there's like the body's telling them something and they say, I want that to shut up. So I'm going to take this pill. I don't want to know about that. I don't want to feel that. I want to keep going with what I wanted to do. So that's the mind. And when we start and realize that the body is a, is our own garden of earth, it's our piece of earth to garden and tend and in order to do that, we have to be able to listen to it. We have to be able to tune into it and get quiet enough to hear it. But if we keep ourselves so busy in our minds that we have a rock concert going on inside our minds, we're never going to hear the quiet, subtle impressions of the body that are telling us, hey, slow down. Hey, that thing that happened last week that you just stepped over, you just bypassed it because you didn't have time. That's actually really important. Can we go back to that, please? And I think that's why you're really loving the retreat to nature. It's like put the phone down, turn it off, go into nature, get into your body, get into your breath, get into the quiet of your mind, get still, get reconnected. And then, yeah, like do that review. It's like, oh, okay, I stepped over that thing. That thing was actually important. I needed to go backtrack, take a look at that, feel that fully, really witness that part of me and make a new choice now. That's what we're being invited to do is to go within. And COVID, the pandemic was like the perfect example of that. It's like Mother Earth is like, go on a time out, everybody in their rooms. And we all went in our rooms and 
And we were like, wow, we haven't been in this space for a really long time. I don't even know what my thoughts are. Wow, I didn't know I was uncomfortable about my family member doing that. Now I know because I'm with it all the time. Oh, wow. And we had so many revelations. And and now that we're like kind of, we think we're post-pandemic, it's like, I hear the cars again on the freeway. I, I see the road rage. I mean, people are right back at it again. And it's like, you didn't get the message. We need to stop that busy craziness. If you're so busy that, you know, the person that you follow and that you love their message and you love their wisdom, that you're so busy that you can't even open the email from them, that you can't even make some space in your week to spend some time going deep with them, that's like an hour of your time. That's too much. Wow. And that's the TikTok thing. You know, it's like, okay, well, give it to me in like five seconds because that's all I have. And, you know, CNN just did a whole thing on mental health, mental illness. And they, um, their Claire Duffy, their reporter, reported um, basic, basically only using TikTok as a source, which is kind of crazy. But she was trying to make a point that she'd already decided she was going to make. So she went to TikTok and she found the information and she made her point. But what she did in the process of making her point about TikTok and what our kids are seeing who are 14 and 15 and 16 or younger on TikTok is that she put a little segment of high ren video in her report without ever watching the full video, which is like less than nine minutes. And because she didn't watch that, she never understood the extreme beauty of that video for anyone who's gone through a dark night of the soul and had that conflict in voices inside their head and wanted to die. She never actually looked at it. And that's the heartless part of our culture when we're too busy to look closer. We need to stop and look closer. We need to slow down. I will say, I think um, the biggest thing, and of course, like, you know, I'm not anti-social media, but um, it's just about seeing both the good and the bad of anything. Um, But I definitely think one thing TikTok is kind of ruining is I like the understanding of nuance because there's not time for nuance on TikTok. So it's nothing but sweeping generalizations. And I think that gets really messy really fast and really unhelpful very fast. And I'm, um, and you know, I have seen, and you know, some, like some of my younger friends, and we've had to have conversations about it, about uh, the black and white thinking. I feel like it is preventing people from uh, having complex thoughts. Uh, <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. It just, it definitely feels like I, I know I feel ran over, you know, and yeah. um, I feel like I've been hit by a bus and I've, and I've been feeling that way for a while. And something else you touched on was the use of plants uh, to help you discover kind of what is, and I'm paraphrasing, but like, like a stagnant. Um, how does that work? Yeah, that's really important um, right now is, you know, the plant medicine journey is here to help us to slow down and go within. And the plants are here to guide us within to take a closer look. Now, a couple of caveats on this is that right now, and for at least for the last decade, 
the some people have been ramping up the um, the intensity of the medicine of some of these plants beyond what people's brains can actually tolerate. And so it kind of like, um, you know, you get a hangover from TikTok, like you could actually go into schizophrenia from some of these um, marijuana plants. So it is, um, it's kind of a tricky territory to talk about because there's a lot of uh, irresponsible um, content going on out there, irresponsible um, farming of these plants and, and people are having huge consequences in their brains, especially if they're young people and they have, um, their brains are still forming. Um, this is a very difficult time. So what it causes is an onset of a spiritual awakening, which is the loss of the egoic personality, but it does it in such a way that it's violent, you know, and it's difficult and, and people don't often see reality the way it is. And then you get the police involved and now that person's in jail and that's the wrong place for somebody that's going through a spiritual awakening. So just all that said, you know, with great responsibility, um, really being mindful about what you're putting into your body. Um, there, and psilocybin's also been abused in this way too. So once again, it's like a very, you got to be very, very careful with who you're reaching out to for that kind of thing. Now, in terms of psilocybin, there are some, some programs that are being um, sponsored and led by responsible um, medical practitioners that um, are also shamanically trained. And in that case, the the use of plant medicine can be extremely helpful for self-healing and for getting below the, the sort of layer of repression of um, your thoughts and emotions and feelings that happens when you're too busy to look at things. So what happens is that when life is too, too busy and you just keep stepping over things and being distracted, what happens is that all that stuff gets encapsulated in your consciousness, waiting for you to slow down and pay attention to it. And then when you want to access it in psychotherapy, sometimes you can't. Like there's such a thick layer there in your mind. It's all encapsulated. You can't even get at it. Like get at your feelings. What are feelings? I don't know what those are. People just spend time in anxiety, but not necessarily in grief and not necessarily in anger. Those are things that also need to be felt. So the plant medicines help you access those places by going to those encapsulated spots inside your body and opening them up so that you can feel what you need to feel and process and release that piece of content that happened probably a year ago or five years ago or when you were a kid or in another lifetime or your ancestors, you know, who knows? It comes from all over the place. So you need to be able to get in there. And then that releases the defense system. And you relax more in your body and then you're not in fight or flight. So most of the population is in fight or flight right now. You know, they're, everybody's triggered and too busy and not slowing down to release the, um, those layers, like I said, the encapsulated layers of trauma and PTSD. And so what we need to do is actually slow down and release those layers so we can come back into harmonics. Heart math does really beautiful work around understanding your heart connection with Mother Earth and how you can be grounded and open and centered and, you know, and if you need to take a rest, you take a rest and give your body that, that, um, that reprieve from the onset of the mind. The mind has an agenda and the body and the heart are guided by something more holistic and kind and gentle and nurturing than the mind. And so we got to lean a little bit more into the heart and the body. So what would you tell like one of our listeners? So we have a lot of listeners who are um, 
who are mothers, especially to young children. So let's say we have, well, you know, one of our listeners who maybe has like two or three children, maybe all under the age of 15 and, you know, they work full time, maybe their partner work, like works full time and they just feel completely overran. What is like the first thing you can do to uh, maybe find rest or, or, you know, become a little bit more in alignment? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, the first thing is to assess if you're in the right place. So this is something that's hard for people to do because you kind of get into your, your lane and then you're just trying to like cope with your lane the way it is and get by with it. But it might be time for, if you're really that stressed out, you don't really want to have a psychological break or go through burnout because then you're going to really be out for a long time, you know? So you want to take those early warning signs seriously. And if you need a day out, just to be yourself and in nature and not have any obligations whatsoever as the mom to replenish yourself, then you need to do that. It's actually important for your health. Um, I would like to see more companies offering mental health days, you know, more companies. I mean, we're in mental health month right now. I'd like to see more companies recognizing that, um, especially women and moms, like we don't operate the same way as men. So this whole society up until now has been geared towards men and what makes men productive. But women operate, you know, if men operate like the sun, the sun comes up every day at a predictable time and then it sets at a predictable time in pretty much the same spot. Women are more like the moon, you know. Women are have phases where we're shining bright. We have phases where we're dark. We have phases where we need to go inside completely and cave and rest. And we have phases where we can be full on out and super productive, but it's not consistent. And that's the key is that there's this expectation of constant output that is not conducive for a woman's health. And when we are also being the source of um, love and compassion and caring and nurturing for others, little, little ones that need us, we get ran dry. And when the well is dry, a different mama comes out and that's a dark mother. Now, there's nothing wrong with a dark mother. She has a place. But boy, you learn a lot of lessons from that dark mother. So when we really want to honor ourselves as women, we have to be willing to do what's right for us. Because when we do what's right for us, we actually set the whole family in a better balance. Because then you're showing up as a mom you really want to be. Um, and the other thing is, you know, another little tip I'll give, which I, you know, after having raised my own kids and then I got remarried and my, um, my new husband had, um, two young kids, all of a sudden I was like, I'd already almost done. Right. And then I have these two young kids and he went away for the week one day, one week, and I was feeling exhausted. I'm like, what is going on? I feel exhausted. What is going on here? And I was like, oh my gosh. The kids are courting to me. They're like siphoning my energy because I'm like their new receptacle. I'm their new like uh, source place for energy. And these kids were old enough. They were like in uh, middle, uh, um, like the um, elementary school, like fourth or fifth grade. And so I took them aside and I said, listen, you guys, are you guys courting to me? Do you have a 
like a root inside me, like getting energy. And they went inside and they looked. They said, yes. I said, let's do this. You be a tree. Be a tree. I'll be a tree and you be a tree. And so they, as soon as they became trees and they put their own roots in the ground, I had energy again. It was amazing. So I recommend every mom teach her kid how to be a tree. (laughs) Keep putting those roots down into mama earth, their true source. Get those roots all the way down in there and there's plenty of energy. And then that way they're not wrapping their roots around you. And then you can show up with a lot of love and compassion and guidance and way more clarity when you're not totally exhausted. (laughs) So that's just a tip I offer everybody. I hope it helps. It's funny. You actually just reminded me that it is Mental Health Awareness Month. So do you mind if I do a little plug real quick? No, please. Friends, listen, you know how I, how I go to the woods all the time to like those cabins? It's getaway. It's 25% off for like anything you book this month. Uh, not affiliated. I just like the woods. And 25% off for mental health, um, you know, um, awareness month. So if you have one near you and you need to get away, like, I don't want to forget to say something. And this is just a good opportunity. Absolutely. And I want to say too, like mental health awareness month, um, in my first book, I talk about a lot about, um, how I was, um, told that I, how I was being was wrong by society. Right. And by my partner at the time. And I was like, I have to change myself and I can't be emotional. I can't have emotions. I can't feel all these things. And I tried to change me, but it didn't really work. And even the pills didn't take it away. And then the diagnosis didn't either. So I want to say, if anybody's been diagnosed like emotional dysregulation or manic depressive or bipolar or borderline personality or like any of those things, to me, that is simply a call for you to learn how to ground your energy really deep into the earth with big, deep roots and to really practice being super grounded because if a lot of energy is coming through you, then you need to be grounded so you can hold all that energy. It's no different than a house. A house has a grounding wire for a reason. If the house didn't have the grounding wire, all that electrical energy coming through the house would would burn up the whole house. The same is true for us as emotional, empathetic um, beings that are that are feeling and experiencing all this energy. We also need to be grounded in order to hold that energy uh, with grace. It's really funny because uh, that's I completely agree with that. You know, I'm someone who's been called um, you know emotional my whole life and it's you know never in a positive way and it's wild because the people who tell me that the people who say oh you're um too emotional or whatever they are the ones who feel so shut down and pulled back and not present and um and I I like my emotions, you know, I like feeling my emotions and I'm so grateful to have my emotions, even if it's grief or um, sadness or depression. Like I have the ability to stop and go, hey, this doesn't feel good, but I'm happy I have these feelings because uh, there's so many people who are so shut down and they but like when I compare myself to them or my life or my health or uh, my presentness there's such a huge difference yeah and that has to do with the the brain that you've activated so the 
the reptilian brain is the oldest brain and that is the reactionary brain. That's the brain that keeps us alive. That's the brain that goes, Hey, don't step in front of that bus. You're going to get run over. It's that brain that protects us. And most people are living from their reptilian brain, you know, um, still on the planet. And so when we go into the next brain is the limbic brain, that brain connects your emotional system. And, you know, emotional intelligence is a big part of the evolution of humanity. You know, we have to become intelligent with our emotions. And so when we move through the limbic brain, which also is the storytelling machine about the emotions, we learn to become masterful with how we tell stories. And also we become masterful with feeling the feelings without any story. And then we can move into the frontal cortex. Because only when you feel your feelings do you fully move into the frontal cortex. And the frontal cortex has access to our soul, you know, and the corpus callosum that has that, you know, the uh, upper realm, that um, great temple. That is all accessible only through the experience of feeling your feelings. So when you're saying what you're saying is you're just recognizing that a lot of the population is still in the phase of evolution where they're learning how to open their hearts and learning how to let their soul intelligence in and learning also how to feel their feelings by being in their bodies instead of just only being in the mind. This is just part of the curriculum on the planet right now. And those of us who have access to feelings because we have whatever, for whatever reason, maybe in other lifetimes, we've already done this work or who knows, you know, a lot of reasons we could make up in our minds about why that is. But some of us just are more empathic. Some of us are more feeling centered. Some of us uh, are designed that way. We could look to human design and see, oh, you're emotion centered. Okay, you're going to have to ride the wave. We could also look to see someone else is not emotion. They have no emotion. And so they don't have any of their own emotion. What happens to those people is they get completely taken out with anybody around them that has emotion. So it's like a tidal wave through their through their energy field. It's very confronting, you know, and they don't know what to do with it. So there's all different human design types on the planet right now. And when we get, you know, that's why I teach intermedicine. It's like I found that the most important thing is that we understand how we work um, by human design and by gene keys and all these tools that are at our uh, our disposal right now. We can learn about ourselves. And then we can learn about the others in our lives and we can have some um, bigger picture, you know, which helps us be compassionate with each other um, for the lessons that we're each going through in this life, which are usually we're sort of teamed up to go through those lessons from different perspectives. Right. So, yeah, people there's some people that haven't opened their hearts yet. They haven't gone into the emotions. They don't feel comfortable with it. Maybe in this lifetime, that's not their work. But boy, they sure do feel taken out by it too. So, you know, those of us with emotional waves, we need to have more intelligence also with how we handle those waves and and become aware that emotion is a blessing and it's also powerful and we impact people. So if one of our listeners is, you know, hearing all this and they're like, yeah, I really need to um, do work in terms of, you know, becoming more in tuned, like, you know, shutting out the noise in terms of your books, because you have, um, you know, you have a few, where would someone start? Well, I say be guided by your heart, you know, um, if you've been emotionally dysregulated and you're kind of in that part of the journey where you're feeling really shamed and blamed and scapegoated, 
um, you might enjoy um, Awakening to Me because I, I, so it's also a storytelling book. So I tell my story uh, as I go along in my process of healing and loving myself. And you might find some gold nuggets in there. I've heard that it's really helpful for people in that in that conditional space. Um, in terms of if you're kind of like, well, I have this um, these feelings about myself, but I'm really feeling challenged as a mother and I'm really feeling like, gosh, you know, I, I don't know that I'm doing it right or I'm not able to set up boundaries for myself or I feel like I need to rescue my kids. You might be interested in Love is Fierce, Healing the Mother Wound, because that is a very deep book and it does go through all of those processes for how to extricate yourself and put yourself in right relationship with your kids and also with your own mom. And uh, I healed my relationship with my mom by writing that book and I'm definitely learning still about right relationship as a mom with sons. Um, there's like all these really interesting parameters around that uh, when you have a son. So very fascinating. But some of that's in the book. And then this latest book is like, hey, I really want to expand and deepen my um, shadow work. I want to heal my consciousness. I want to um, heal the ancestral DNA that's in my body so that I can be more free to live my life the way I want to live my life authentically as me. Um, I want to be in service to the planet. I love Mother Earth and I want to um, help her heal and I want to make sure that humanity lifts its consciousness and I'm going to be doing my own work on that. Then Inner Madison book is like a really good really good handy reference for that. And there's lots of stories and um, constructs for the Toltec teachings and the various um, indigenous lineages that I uh, that I teach. Those are all in the book and it's really helpful. And when you enter that, that, that particular book, there's an invitation to set an intention because you are entering a medicine journey when you enter the inner medicine book. And what that means is that you set an intention for what you would like the guides of that book to show you. And the guides include Mother Earth and the four directions and the indigenous lineage um, that I have in my, uh, that support my students. You enter the space of that and then you'll be guided experientially to learn what you need to learn about yourself to come into right relationship and fulfill that intention. So it is an intention book. <laughs> so when you enter it, you're in the medicine. And that's really how all my programs operate is um, is in the mystery, in the intentional work. And then the guides and allies are helping each person on their own to navigate their own journey. So my last question for you is, is there anything that we haven't touched on that you want to share before we finish up? That is such a good question. And what I would say is, wow, you know, right now on the planet, we have a, the reawakening of the divine feminine. We have the reawakening of um, all forms of our spirituality from, you know, witches to paganism, to shamanism, to medicine people, to healers, to whatever lens you look at yourself through. And really what this is in a larger, a larger picture is the reconnection to the divine feminine energies, to the mystery, to beyond the veil, to the ancestors and to the wise ones that we could connect in with to get our wisdom to the animals, to the plants, to all of life on earth. And as we get reconnected, um, in our bodies and we heal our ancestral uh, wounds, what happens is that we now have a greater ability to connect in with our full ancestral lineage 
which, you know, generations and generations and generations ago had um, direct um, earth-based living, like understood how to live with earth. And what we want to do is, is connect with that ancestral wisdom so that we bring it forward into our lives. Not to say we live from that place entirely, but we bring it forward as inspiration into a modern world. And then we're like on the frontier of what does that look like to marry technology with earth wisdom? What does it look like to, to join my heart and my, and my head? What does it look like to be the latest human alive in my lineage and to bring my ancestral wisdom forward and to dream a future for seven generations from now. This is the spot we're in. We're in such a beautiful place and it just takes a little stillness and a little silence to go inside and access all that within yourself. Well, thank you so much for, you know, coming on and talking with us today. Uh, You know, we will have a link to your website and book in our episode description. So any listeners, if they're curious or want to, you know, learn more about you or your book, they can find those links. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Witches, we hope you have a wonderful day full of joy and gentleness and confidence. Links for this week's episodes, our website, Patreon, along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com. One stop for everything we talk about. Now, take one more deep breath and have a great day.